Welcome to episode 275 of In Touch with iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV-related technologies. I'm your host, Dave Ginsberg, and we're on a special recording day on a Friday with the schedule changes, and uh, we got Chuck Joyner back on the show. How are you doing, Chuck? Um, <laughs> you would dare to ask me that after a pre-show. I'm fine, Dave. Good to, good to see you. <laughs> good to see you as well. Glad you're here. I'm so glad I'm here. <laughs> This is going to be a good show. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then Ben Rathick is here. How are you doing, Ben? I'm good. I feel like we just did this all before lunch. Yes, we did do the Mac show uh, a couple of hours ago. So with, uh, we're fresh in uh, podcast number two. Uh, speaking of podcast number two, there's uh, Jeff Gammon. How are you doing, Jeff? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> I'm Seriously, I'm happy to to get to spend more time with all three of you today. Yes, it's going to be a lot of fun here. Got a full, I got a full uh, agenda here. Lots, a fair amount of news and a couple good stories here. Um, is Google's uh, days numbered with default search? We'll find out, uh, and uh, many other things. But uh, let's talk about the 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 big elephant in the room right now. And it's been talked about a bunch this week. Is uh, T-Mobile? T-Mobile is going to be automatically upgrading users to more expensive plans, but there's an opt out option. T-Mobile will be forcing customers on older smartphone plans to move to the newer, more expensive plans, according to the information that was found all the way out there on the internet. And uh, T-Mobile did confirm this. Uh, the migration will be automatic, but customers can contact support to ask them to opt out of the migration. Uh, so th- these are some of the plans, like uh, the Magenta plan, which I have, and uh, they wanted to move everybody to this Go 5G uh, plan and all the other ones. And I, I think this is a kind of a bit of a crazy thing. I was able to opt out very easily. All I had to do is go into the T-Mobile app and I, uh, talked, uh, chatted with a, a customer service rep and said, uh, I heard you guys are going to be doing this. And right away, the guy says, you want to opt out? And I'm like, yes, I do. So I typed in opt out and, and we're good. But I think the bad thing is not all of us, not unlike us, who are very savvy of this stuff, but there's going to be a lot of customers out there that are not going to know that this is happening. So I'm going to start with Chuck, because I know this is was a big one for you. What, what, what do you think of all this? Well, first of all, I'm not a T-Mobile customer. And, you know, I right. I think there was a better way to do this than the one they chose, but they chose this. Um, if it's in the contract that you signed with T-Mobile, that they can change the terms of your plan, then it's on you for not paying attention to it. Um, that right. said, you know, this this is kind of disappointing given the corporate image they try to project. And I just have to wonder how much blowback they're going to get. And and of course we'll probably never see how many how many users shifted over. There will be the usual uproar in social media, but we'll never see right. never see any official numbers. Absolutely. Ben, what do you think? And you are a Tina Mobile customer. Well, well, my my parents are. I'm currently oh. on uh, on Mint, uh, which is about to be a subsidiary of T-Mobile. But yeah. um, yeah, I feel sorry for their customer service and retail workers uh, yeah. because they're going to be the ones who hit the bl- the real blowback on this. Uh, the vast majority of customers who are not as savvy as us. Uh, especially those who are older or lower income or more on a fixed income are probably not going to know this is happening until it shows up on their bill. Right. Right. How about you, Jeff? I have no opinion. Kidding. 
<laughs> I thought you might have an hypothesis. Since when? <laughs> Just making sure you're paying Jeff? attention. Who are Chuck. you? Yeah. Um, so, not not a hypothesis on this one, but okay. uh, definitely an observation. Um, T-Mobile, they're they're within their their contractual rights to change plans around. And the problem, though, is that they're doing this in a way that's going to leave a bad taste in customers' mouths. We are already seeing blowback because we're we're seeing news coverage and we're discussing it on podcasts. I think the next place we will see the blowback will be when they they do their next couple uh, quarterly earnings report call, uh, calls and they talk about churn. And I expect their churn numbers will be higher than they have been in uh, compared to the previous couple quarters. And for the people that don't know what churn means, it's a, it's a term in uh, in the industry that talks about customer turnover. So uh, if you're if you're losing a lot of customers, you're having a higher churn. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't see T-Mobile losing too many customers. In my opinion, I just think. They're they're still a great carrier in in, in other ways. Um, I mean, for the most part, give good coverage. I mean, I moved from them from AT and T to them, but about six years ago now, and I'm pretty pleased with the performance I've had as I've traveled around the country as well as my area. We got very good coverage, so I'm, I don't I don't see this being a big deal. Other than, like I um I also all mentioned too because that I was really uh, angered of the fact that they were making us take take our credit cards off to pay the bill. And then, um, cause I had my Apple card on there using Apple pay. So I got 2% on it, uh, to have to put a uh, checking account as a direct way to, to pay for it or, or else I lose my $50 discount, all the lines I have in my account. So I see that was a lame move too. It, it really was. Mm-hmm. So like kind of a double whammy here in the last couple months here with T-Mobile. So I think there's some, some, now I have a hypothesis. Making some bad decisions. All right, go ahead. <laughs> my, my hypothesis is that, um, the revenue that uh, T-Mobile has been projecting for themselves, that's not what they're hitting. And so they're taking measures to uh, to boost revenue. One of those is take away the ability to let you use a credit card. So that takes away credit card transaction fees for them. And then the other big company, it's a big, it's a big company. Come on, give me a break. I, I agree completely. However, I can see when you're looking at all of this in an Excel spreadsheet and and they get to negotiate their rates because they're that big. Um, But even if it's like half a percent on a transaction, that adds up. Um, But then then, uh, changing how much they're charging for plans. So doing a a price increase, but not calling it a price increase, but it's a price increase. Um, they're, they're trying to, uh, to increase revenue, uh, without having to, uh, to try and drive in more customers. So yeah, they're, they're just squeezing yeah. you for pennies. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, we'll, uh, we'll see or see how things go. I I certainly hope that people are listening here. You are T-Bone customer. Do what I just did. Go in the yeah. chat in the app and, and just opt out. And one other thing, for sure. for us, 
uh, why, you know, those credit card fees are like a couple pennies. The bigger you are, the more money that is. Yeah. I see it. And there's one other thing, too, to keep in mind, that the, the current interest rates ha- have completely upset right. lots of industries. I mean, because yep. now, now you know, where before it was literally pennies that these companies would be making. Now they can be getting 3 4 5% on, on their money. So they're looking for as much as they can get to drop into that bucket to generate that income. So, you know, they're, they're, that factors in. And I, th- I kind of think it factors into the credit card thing. I also fa- think it factors into some of the shorter terms for uh, for spreading out your phone for allegedly zero interest payments. Because that's money they aren't getting. You're holding on so you can generate interest with it opposed to them getting it and let. Chuck froze. Oh, the T-Mobile oh. opinion cops found him. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a good point here to move on to move on to the next story. And it was a shame we don't want to have him here for this one. Uh, I just wanted to ma- make mention uh, Star Trek Prodigy has found a new home since Paramount Plus had canceled them. And uh, it's going to be on Netflix, which is kind of exciting. I know uh, Star Trek hasn't been on Netflix for in the U.S. anyway for a long time. So this is a this is a great um this is a great way to uh, get uh, get this back on. I, I know you guys are all are the, the Star Trek Prodigy fans, and mm-hmm. they're, they're going to be um, the second season, which is currently in production, is going to deba- debut on Netflix in 2024. So mm-hmm. that's that's pretty exciting. Uh, what do you think, Jeff? Um, yeah, I'm super excited. I'm I'm really glad that they found another network to pick this up. Um, th- the whole way it was uh, done originally was. I guess kind of like an experiment because it was a partnership between between uh Paramount and uh, and Nickelodeon. Um well Nickelodeon is owned by Paramount. Oh it is? Yeah, that's yeah it is. Oh, okay. Well <sighs> screw those guys, you know. Don't don't take away a good show like that. Anyhow, um I I'm glad that uh that Prodigy has a new place and we'll get to see season two. I expect there won't be a season three because that's the Netflix way. Um, yeah. And, but Unless I also popular enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but even still Netflix, their, their numbers, their trends after season two, the numbers drop off uh, uh, enough that they don't typically want to do season twos. But I think this is also a great way for the, uh, the showrunners to thumb their nose at Paramount because Prodigy was uh, a really good show. Well, I guess I can say is because we get season two. Yep. Uh, Welcome back, Chuck. I know you had a bit of technical difficulty there. And uh, uh, we were talking about Star Trek Prodigy is now going to be back on Netflix. Um, So uh, I want your your thoughts on that uh, because that was announced this week that uh, they're going to be the second seasons and is uh, being recorded now. And, uh, and they're going to have it in 2024. You know, I was ex- extremely happy to see this. Prodigy is one of the best things to happen to the uh, to the franchise in a long time, um, especially the from the animated side. And as editorial side note: if you think this is just a kids show, then you're missing out because it really yes, the characters are supposed to be kids, but it is 
uh, it is just a very, very well done story, animation, the whole thing. Um, yep. And I, I may respectfully disagree with Jeff just a little bit because this is not necessarily a Netflix show. It's something that Netflix has purchased. I'd, so, you know, whether they could continue to shop it, I, obviously, we don't know what the terms are of it going to Netflix. Still baffles me that Paramount lost dropped the ball on this one, but they did. Yeah. So, you know, but bottom line is it's going to be great to see because if you've seen the season two trailer, um, yes. it's, it is great. Oh. It, it, it really does whet your appetite yeah. for it. So go check it yeah. out. Anything to add, Ben? Um, yeah, I mean, this isn't, this isn't one of the best kids Star Treks. This is one of the best Star Treks and towards the, towards the, the, and there, it actually got pretty damn dark. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I didn't know what to think going into the show. It completely won me over. It won over a lot of people. And I think the fact that, uh, Paramount's production side uh, felt good enough that the show would be picked up to continue to de- to finish it. Uh, why per- the Paramount Plus team decided to drop it uh, tells you everything that you- they need to know about this show. It was going to be picked up by someone yep. else. I you know it'd be fascinating to know the contract because you think of the merchandising rights to this especially with the target audience being kids. I mean, there, there's so many aspects to this that it just feels like it, it's, it's almost unexplainable why Paramount would do this. Yeah. yeah it is. I, I yeah, it is. have a hypothesis and I Go think it. it involves a, a crappy spreadsheet where they looked <laughs> at the, the numbers um, that, uh, that they were getting and compared that to, what a write-off would be and the mm-hmm. write-off number was higher and so they they pulled a warner brothers and took projects that were were really close to being finished and uh and just dumped them to take the uh the write-off or insurance money yeah uh yeah then that person forgot they were doing dealing with star trek and they complete another backlash it would un- unfold yeah yeah all right let's uh go on to the next story uh apple has explained why the iphone 12 was always safe to use in france ios 17.1 is going to address a non-standard testing test that triggered a non-issue uh to recap on this uh, this is the story just uh, because this story was happened a, a couple weeks prior to this uh the french uh uh, they had thought it was concluded, but uh, the French authorities had determined that the iPhone 12 no longer passed radiation exposure testing and limit limits on the day Apple discontinued it and unveiled the iPhone 15. Uh, Apple downplayed it and they acknowledged it that it would work. It would work, and with regulators to remedy the situation. So, what basically what Apple has uh, has a summary here. What the deal was here: iOS 17.1 will include an update for the iPhone 12 users in France to accommodate this specific test protocol that requires reduced power when off-body on a static surface. Uh, iPhone 12 will no longer increase uh, the allowed power when the off-body state's detected, such as uh, while it's sitting on a table. As such, in coverage areas that the cellular signal is low, this 
Change in antenna transmit power may result in slightly lower cellular performance in certain off-body cases. So the French were being a little uh, particular with this. Um, so I guess uh, rightfully so. What do you think, Ben, on this? Well, I haven't turned into a Lee. Uh, Lee M- yeah, you, you have a 12, so. <laughs> yes. Um, I think this is completely overblown by the French government. Yeah. But um, it's... Uh, they can do what they want within their own borders. Um, I'm very thankful this is only uh, being done in France. Yeah, agreed. How about you, Chuck? I have a lot of affection for French culture, but I can't figure out what happened to it because it seems like France has been at the center of a number of different tech controversies right now. Not the EU, but France. And this is just another one of those that, you know, it, they, according to what the, the stories I've read, the 12 passed all of its radiation testing and including things that France had said it would accept. And then two years later, two and a half years later, they pop up with this. Yeah, I, I, you know, and and then Apple tweaks it as you know the software, which almost felt like okay, we're just tweaking it to say something different as opposed to doing anything different, if I understood it. But at the end of the day, you know, fine. I mean, if that satisfies them, but I just I, I keep wondering what what's going on in France right now. Good question. Don't know. What about you, Jeff? Well, if uh, if a government is going to have regulations in place to protect us. I would prefer that uh, that they go a little bit overboard for protection as opposed to not far enough. That said, if this this was a real issue um, that better way to say it, if this was an issue that was causing a serious problem for users, this is something that would have uh, come up before now i think because it's not like france is the only country that has equipment to test the the energy and uh uh radio wave radiation output of any device so if there if there was a a real health risk or a potential for a real health risk based on the the output of the iphone 12 we would have known about it already because there are people out there that look at all products hoping to find a problem that they can capitalize on. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I guess we don't have to worry about that here in the United States. Um, Last story this week, Best Buy may be ending DVD and Blu-ray sales early next year in 2024. Uh, the fight to keep DVD sales uh, going is taking another hit. Uh, Best Buy is allegedly ending its physical media sales. That means Blu-ray, DVD, and 4K Ultra HD in-store and online. Um, multiple sources claim that uh, the move is going to occur in 2024, early, um, as soon as maybe the first quarter. Interesting how this is timed uh, since uh, Netflix just ended its 25-year DVD delivery service uh, uh, earlier uh, earlier last month from, as we record here. So Best Buy exits the market. This is only going to leave very limited options in the United States. Walmart, which has 45% share in the market, and Target still offers the discs in their physical stores. While Redbox has over 29,000 rental kiosks. 
So Amazon actually stands to be a major player on the online because uh, Paramount just recently released all their Blu-ray and 4K uh, exclusive titles to there instead of Best Buy. So maybe that kind of triggered it, seeing you know the 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 some some of the big distribution sites are not looking to go to Best Buy anymore. But is the DVD dead? I mean, what do you think, Jeff, on this? I think for a lot of people, the DVD is dead. However. I like having the DVD and the Blu-ray disc options because uh, right now, a large portion of my movie library, like so many other people's, is all digital. Right. What happens if the company that is uh, that I have bought a license for that content, what if they lose their license to be able to distribute it? Then I lose the content. Or what if that company goes out of business? then uh, is another company going to honor that license for me so I can continue to watch it? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, and anyhow, I, I, I see value in having the physical medium. And I, I hate to see the options dwindling. Uh, yep. My hypothesis is that uh, since Netflix didn't need to run over to Best Buy to buy extra discs to meet demand, there was no reason <laughs> to carry them anymore. Redbox did that too. They still do or had. <laughs> what do you think, Chuck? I you know I think this is like you said is really interesting. Given the 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 Netflix move, um, I do have to wonder at times what kind of profit they're making on the physical discs. Given because unfortunately the price, unless you go to the bargain bin at Walmart, the price they're asking for some of these things seems more than a little prohibitive if you look at assuming that you can stream it and jeff brings up a per, the perfect point but assuming that that something continues to be streamable you can buy a month worth of netflix watch one movie and still you know you've still gotten your money's worth i mean you still have money left over and you also have another a month of netflix so i you know, I, I the only thing there's only one aspect to this that so far, right now, until we see more about what 5G delivers, is the the ultra high the high definition Blu-ray, you know, 4K super deluxe, uh, you know, all put all the acronyms behind it that you want. Um, right. That that's where if if for those folks who are looking for the best quality. They're the, the the absolute best quality. They may be the ones that lose out uh, or that end up paying ridiculously higher prices to get them in limited release. So, yep. but, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I've, I go into Best Buy and honestly, I can't, I can't remember the last time I bought a DVD or a Blu-ray disc. It, it, the, the, in fact, yeah, put it in the, put it in terms of years ago when finally a show that I enjoyed as a kid would only come out on DVD, and then and I I purchased that. But beyond that, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's the, the big trick is is going to be negotiating the contracts to make sure that all of these things continue to be streamable, and therefore there's an incentive of some kind to keep them online and monetize yep. them. So. Oh, that brings you, up another point. Sorry, I'm totally jumping in the middle. Um, so much of this content is available electronic only. That increases the likelihood that at some point it will just simply be lost forever. 
it, even if it's just a, a DVD in someone's closet, the likelihood that that things that that are lost can be found again increases. Yep. I'm I'm going to take this from Best Buy's angle. Um, from a retail store, a not insignificant amount of their retail square square footage is physical media. Um, if that physical media is not having a good ROI, I don't blame them from a business model. Uh, right. They can get more room for things that are that do have that uh, do bring in more profit. Yep. Well, that makes sense. Makes total sense. Dave, do you mind if I jump back in with something? Please do. Because this sort of crosses over between this story and the last one with Star Trek, or one before that. Um, I, I just asked Jeff in the chat. He was not the one. I think it was Patrice that recommended a show called The Nevers. I love was that on one. HBO. And so I finally, I mean, literally months later, I'm getting around to watching it. And I discovered that there is a season one, part one of six episodes, season mm -hmm. two, which never was broadcast. And now this they so someone had the 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 intelligence, I guess, to take this the last half of the season. And I think it's been put it on Tubi, T-U-B-I, I think it is. It, it, mm. It's on Tubi, but it's only on Tubi channels, not uh it it's in the other yeah. stuff that uh Warner Brothers Discovery jettisoned, including the excellent Westworld, uh is not available uh video on demand. Okay, you so, have to go to those channels and watch it, and you got to watch commercials too. Okay, so but but you know, I mean, that's one of the prices we pay, and so you know, I, I feel like there's this big jumble going on of shows getting canceled, trying to continue on, getting redistributed. In this case, I mean, the I, and I think this folds into Jeff's theory about things being canceled uh, to take take the loss. That okay, it's there. People want to see it, so we'll find another way to monetize it. Or, or, And I don't know how you monetize it and still take the loss, but I'm sure that it, there's an accountant who can explain it to me. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it. I mean, it's good, but you really have to pay attention to what you're watching, what you invest your time in, and then what might happen to it or where it might go. So I and, – and, and Blu-ray and DVD has been one place that some of this stuff could go. So will that be lost? completely or will the prices just go up and the runs for blu-rays and dvds go down yep yeah um i can explain the uh getting a tax write-off and still being able to sell it um technically even though they're within the same entity uh hbo or now now just max and the hbo television studios are separate entities within that company so max is taking a write-off of distribution uh why the why the studio or the development studio is able to then resell it yep that's a pretty good gig if you can get it yeah sure is. so the, so they get my tax money and get to sell it 
This is why I didn't become want to become an accountant. <laughs> I think this is why we should start our own production and distribution uh, yeah. company. <laughs> and hire right, an go accountant. Ahead. <laughs> let's go ahead and move on. We're going to move on to the topics this week. Uh, beta iOS 17, iPad OS 17.1. Beta 3 was released this week. Uh, nothing really notable uh, other than we've been talking about uh, Airdrop transfers can be tra- uh, finished over the internet, and a number of the features uh, are on there. So, I don't, uh, Ben, you've, you've seen any uh, anything you're running beta? Um, I haven't, them? but then again, I don't have an iPhone 15 Pro with the uh, with That's the true. action button. Yep, nope. Uh, I'm not running it, but uh, yeah, the the so what's going to happen with the action button? I got that article here. Is uh, the 17.1 is going to pre- prevent action button from actually uh, activating the camera from within uh, your pocket. <laughs> you don't want to be taking pictures of your pocket, right? Uh, so that's going to fix that in the action button, uh, which is a good thing. Uh, as we record this today, actually, this article came out about an hour or two ago. Uh, there was a French site. Look at the French again out mm-hmm. here. Uh, that uh, French regular group uh, had uh, leaked the release date of 17.1, which is going to be October 24th. So we're about uh, a little less than uh, 10 days away from that. So uh, that's uh, so that's going to be out anyway. So you'll be starting to see some of these uh, features uh, when it comes to that. Uh, the uh, one thing, as as, uh, as always, like we say, don't don't put beta on your, any of your production devices. This might be a good idea not to. Is there? There's been an update that you got to make sure that your uh, update to beta three because your wallet app might crash. So that that that, that might be a problem. Uh, so uh, that's definitely going to be an interesting thing here. So uh, watch OS ten point one is out. The, again, the, the 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 double pinch to to scroll is 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 enabled on that. Uh, as well as tvOS seventeen point one. One of the notable things on tvOS is now it's got uh, enhanced dialogue feature. It's going to expand. Uh, actually, it, would, it was originally only working with the, the the second gen HomePod only, not even the HomePod Minis. But now they're going to expand this feature to uh, the original HomePod and the HomePod Minis. Uh, uh, what this is, this kind of gives you uh, enhanced dialogue, which makes it easier for you to hear the dialogue in TV shows and movies by separating the dialogue from the background noise and bringing it forward to the center of the channel. Meaning users will get more clearly hear what's being said over the effects action uh in, in mu- music in a movie or TV show. So this is kind of cool actually, because yeah, there's times where you have t- trouble hearing this stuff and then you end up on, I might want to just put on the closed captioning so I can just re- see what they're, what they're saying. Well, you don't have, might not need to do that uh, with this, but the cool thing is that the Apple's still realizing that the original home pods are still a valid product because there's a lot of them. A lot of people out there still have them, including me. Uh, and I have no reason why to upgrade these, these two I have here. And uh, so this is a, uh, this is a good going to be a good new feature in here. I, I think. Do you guys have any comp- thoughts on that? I've tried. I've tried to turn it on, but I haven't quite been able to figure that out yet. Yeah, I have a so, question because, about it mm-hmm. um, because I haven't been following it that closely since uh, um, I've I've had no cause to upgrade to a 4K Apple TV. Right. The enhanced dialogue feature, am I correct in assuming that it only works when you're using HomePods or HomePod minis as speakers? And yeah. uh, okay, right. so me with with a nice uh, uh, audio system, 
I can't take advantage of this. No, it's it's a machine no. learning inside the home pod. Okay. In the, in the whole pod, yeah. Okay. So that's, um, that said though, it it can make a difference. Um and then I you know, I'm I'm glad to see Apple supporting the whole home pod family and not trying to de- yeah. differentiate, you know, which features. I mean, obviously at some point they're gonna be hardware limitations come into play. But for the most part, if it can be done with software, they're not they're, they're not making the the minis, the 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 stepchild or the the legacy HomePods the chip stepchild. They're trying to right. keep everything in parity. So good for you, Apple. Yep. Mm-hmm. One good thing comes out of beta, right? Right, Chuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, the fact that I even said that is just pretty impressive. I know it was. <laughs> You know, uh, I, I'm kind of feeling like may, maybe you've been to a, a positive thinking uh, <laughs> seminar or something because I mean that that was that was really uplifting. Yep, I'm I've been <laughs> uplifted. <laughs> uh, I'll briefly mention that uh, Apple did release new firmware for the AirPods Pro two. Um, it's uh, just a new firmware up. It looks like just a minor version update. You never know. They never provide what details they did to refresh the firmware, but just make sure that it is updated. Uh, they, they It does it automatically. You won't be able to really for, uh, initiate yourself, but uh, you can go in, connect your AirPods to your iOS device, open to the settings app, go into general, go into about, and then the tap AirPods, and it'll just verify what the uh, the version is. It usually will update just the minute that you connect it to your iPhone. So uh, that is that. Um, so let's move on to the next topic here. And I think this would be kind of a, some lively conversation here. As many of us know that the, the Apple does pay, um, excuse me, Google does pay Apple over $20 billion a year to be the default search engine on any iOS uh, and iPad OS device. Uh, right now, Google is currently embroiled in a, very, a, a big antitrust case that was brought on by the, the, the Department of Justice over the company's alleged abuse of the market dominance. As part of the trial, Apple executives have been called as witnesses to question about what was really said to Google that they were paying $15 billion annually to remain the, cert, the default search engine. Uh, so this is, uh, again, uh, uh, Chuck's favorite thing, lawsuits uh, that, that are happening here. Uh, but uh, uh, I'd be curious to see where this goes. If if, Apple, if Google does lose this, uh, you know, they Apple may lose that $20 billion in revenue that they're, they're getting from Google. Uh, I'll start with you, Chuck. Oh, yeah, you would, Dave. Um, I know. Okay, so the first thing, based on this article, uh, it's, let's see, I want to make sure I call the correct name. Um, financial advisor Bernstein, okay, suggests that Apple is paying as much as 20, 18 to 20. So this right. is not an official number yet. That's, you know, that's, that's the first mm-hmm. thing. If that ever comes up in discovery, it, I would be surprised and it'll be very interesting to see. So that's the first thing. So the second thing is that, and, and look, we are all critical of Apple, Google, Microsoft here on on the shows we do together. Mm-hmm. But let's face it, Google, one, however they got there, they delivered the best product, the best search product, and or at least the most widely recognized, widely understood, widely used one. So for for anybody to come in and say you're not allowed to use this in you in your system. And, you know, that would include Microsoft, that includes Apple and iOS devices. I mean, mm-hmm. that just, I, 
at some point, it just feels like we're we're trying to pull everything down to the lowest common denominator, or we're listening to people who whine about it and say, I can't compete because they're just too big. Uh, and, you know, okay, yeah, they're big for a reason. And I'm not yeah. I'm not suggesting that that reason has always been as above board as maybe it would be nice that it were, but it's still mm-hmm. there. And so for you to penalize me as an Apple user, because Apple decides that they they want to put Google as the number one search engine, that doesn't feel right. I mean, it it makes me want to spite somebody and say, if you if you force Apple or anybody else to put a, a search engine choice in, then I'm going to pick Google. But frankly, I'm not going to do it out of spite. I'm going to do it because it may be the best search engine out there. Now, whether I have that as my default search engine or not, that's another discussion. But sure. it, you know, it and you and, and by the way, you know, you still do have a choice. If you don't yeah. want to use Google, you can go in and change it to I'm not. Yeah. You can go in yeah. DuckDuckGo, Bing, um, um, Opera. You know, you can you can put any of those in as your default search engine. No problem. So what is the big deal here? Yeah. Yeah. I'm this is honestly, I mean, Apple has to have something in there because they do not have their own search engine. I mean, granted, if this were that uh, that money were to go away, that could possibly change. But honestly, I found it when I started becoming uncomfortable with uh, what Google was doing, it took me next to zero time to switch to DuckDuckGo. Yeah. It's literally, it's it's easier to switch search engines it, than it is browsers on Windows. Yep. How about you, Jeff? Okay. Keep in mind, Apple is not on trial here. Right. And that's the important thing to remember. Even though um, Apple is uh, is being called as a witness, it's a big difference between being a witness and uh, and being accused of doing something. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, the uh, the antitrust element here, uh, based on what I have read, which admittedly is not very much, mm-hmm. is the fact that Google is big enough that they can just outbid everyone to to block anyone else from having a chance to compete so that so they're just buying the market now on one hand that's how capitalism works on the other hand if uh if you are abusing your position as a monopoly because there's nothing wrong with being a monopoly mm-hmm. it's abusing your position and, and and if paying apple 15 18 20 billion dollars a year is uh, is proven to be an abuse of that position okay now we have a problem mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that google can't still be the default search engine and like all of you have said you can choose what search engine you want on your iphone or your Mac, or whatever. So uh, Apple is clearly not colluding in a in a monopolistic uh, abuse here. 
so it will be interesting to see what does happen. Um, and uh, and my guess is that if Google is barred from doing this, then it's going to cause it's going to be like throwing chum into a, into a hungry shark tank. And we're going to see this kind of money being spent anyhow, because mm-hmm. everyone will now suddenly be fighting to get that top position as the default search engine on the iPhone. And, uh, and we'll still be right where we are. Yep. Mm-hmm. So if, if Google was no law, if, if this transaction was no longer allowed, what if Apple said, "Okay, we're going to put we're, we're going to make three default choices." Can they charge for those choices? Could they could they charge Google to be among the choices? Could they ch- charge uh, Bing to be the second choice? Could they charge, let's just say, DuckDuckGo to be the third? Could they say, "Okay, these these are the places on our roster," and then number four is going to be an open slot where you can type in anything you want, but Sort of like the some of the remotes that you get from Comcast or Amazon that have the Netflix button or the, uh, you know, and right. I'm not sure if it has Spotify button, but the Netflix one I know is there. So would that be prohibited? Would that be an abuse of, of anything? Well, that would be completely independent of this because that, that would be uh, an action Apple is taking as opposed to an action Google is taking. And and because Unless. the scope of this case is uh, Google, the court isn't going to be in a position to order Apple to conduct their business in a specific way in regards to default search engines. All they can do is is uh, regulate in some way how Google is uh, is buying their way into being a default choice. Mm-hmm. Yep. That said, they would be possibly would be able to bar Google from paying anyone to use their search engine. Which would be interesting because then they become the default search because they're the one no one has to pay for. Yeah. So Which, which in which basically nothing then would change, and Google would have higher profits. Why Google? Why Apple has less? But then, if 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 that ruling came down, then how is that the Google was restricted, but being DuckDuckGo, Brave, you know, does that mean they could pay to be the top top search engine or the default yeah. search engine? Yeah, sure. Then how is that fair? If, not, if, Google, if, right. if Google can't charge and Bing can, what? Yeah, I mean, j- just look at the uh, Apple antitrust case with the iBook store. Uh, basically, the way they did it uh, and the way Apple could not no longer do business, it effectively turned uh, the, uh, the Kindle store into a monopoly. Chuck, here, here's a way that uh, I could see the courts thinking that they'll make this work in a fair way, which would be to put a monitor into Google, much in the way they put one into Apple, 
and this monitor then audits every single um, transaction that would fall under the scope of monopolistic practices based on this trial. And so that uh, that monitor would then green light or red light, whatever the transactions are, and uh, and regulate how Google competes in that sense. The end result will be just what uh, Ben described, which is uh, the courts will make someone else the de facto uh, monopoly, even though that's not their intent. Yeah. Or Google will just continue to be the monopoly, despite that. At a lower price point. Yeah, because... They're 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 mon- the monopoly on Windows, and Microsoft makes it pretty damn hard to change from Bing or Edge for that matter. Mm-hmm. And Ben, you made an interesting point the other night about this: that Google pays Apple whatever they pay it, however many dollar signs with a B in front of it. But they pay that in spite of the fact that they are the default search engine on android and so and and by the way bing is the default search engine on windows mm-hmm. so you know aren't those two companies leveraging their position on their platforms and apple since yes, apple doesn't are. have one apple's going out looking for the best most popular search engine the thing that everyone wants or uses and i realize yeah. everyone is you know characterization that probably I shouldn't make, but the, but the vast majority of people purposes everywhere. Yeah. 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 And so, and, and so now you're going to prohibit them from being the default search engine, even though the other platforms are not giving equal, equal time to each other or to other search engines. Yeah. Which why this makes zero sense. For Good. Then yeah. And I mean, this is where yeah. I, I start to get worried about judges and especially non-technical juries making decisions on this stuff when they don't fully appreciate the implications. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think one of the implications is being telegraphed by Apple. Um, so in in um, the article that uh, that Dave picked to for this, um, it has a, a quote from testimony from Eddie Q. So during the trial where he said, we make Google be the default search engine because we've always thought it was the best. Okay. Apple doesn't say things offhand, especially not under oath. And so what Apple is saying here is, look, we don't care what you, what cap you put on the amount that Google is going to give us or how much money Google is going to give us we're still going to have Google as the first choice for your default search engine. That's that could also be a very tactical move. Like, like um, this money is Mm -hmm. not uh, a monopolistic abuse. So just let this go because we're, we're going to do what we're going to do. And it's not because of any sort of monopolistic pressure. Mm -hmm. Yep. So keep giving us $20 billion. Yeah, why not? All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next uh, topic here. Uh, The digital IDs. Why has this been such a slow process to get these states on board to get them uh, 
their driver's license so far. You know, Apple announced these plans back in 2021 uh, for, you know, so you can basically use the digital pass, uh, which, your, which is your ID and your driver's license. So far, only four states have, have, have actually implemented uh, wallet IDs that goes in the Apple wallet, which is Arizona, Colorado, uh, Maryland, and Georgia. And Apple did say back in 2021 that uh, that uh, other states like Connecticut, Iowa, Kentucky, Maryland, and uh, Oklahoma, and Utah were also committed to support the feature. But for now, now we're in 2023, and there's still nobody really with solutions. There's only four airports in the U.S. that actually support wallet IDs of the airports, and that's Baltimore, Phoenix, uh, Reagan Airport in Washington, D.C., and then Denver. Um, so with only four states so far, you do have other states. I won't go through the whole list here that have the digital ID apps, which is a separate uh, which is a separate ID uh, and a separate app, uh, and and while other st- all these states are taking years to get their technology in 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 line to do this, you still are limited. Uh, California, notably being one of the larger states, uh, has a has a uh, beta pilot right now, or has a pilot program where you can download their app and and start using their you're putting your your digital license in in that app. So I I'm curious to know. Uh, where, where you think here? We have a long list here, also of pilot airports that are going through, and there's quite a number, you know, including Dallas and Vegas and others uh, across the U.S. But why is this taking so long? Do you, do you have any thoughts on this, Jeff? Why you you, you have the you have it because you're in Colorado, so and I set it up as soon as I could. Um, yeah. the, there are multiple things at play here. At the top of the list is the government. And, I, and yeah. I'm using the government to cover all levels of government. Governments move slowly, and uh, and they're slow to adopt new technologies. Also, it takes a lot of money to adopt these new technologies. Uh, so that that's a thing. Now, um, in Colorado, I set it up, and I'm like, yeah, this is great. I can start using this. And then I was reading everything that goes along with it. Okay, so once the state supports it, now you need to have all of the other jurisdictions. So that would be like counties and municipalities. So in Colorado, I believe there are five cities that support this. So that means for practical purposes, I can't use my digital ID in the state like uh, if I need to show an ID to to a police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it gets confusing because state patrol, Colorado doesn't have state police. We have state patrol. They can they can accept this as a valid ID. Um, but do 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 they have the uh, the readers available across the state for all state troopers? I don't know. So so realistically, I can't use my digital ID for identification with law enforcement. The state also says. But all the the businesses that require ID for purchases, like for instance, if I go into a liquor store, I'm able to use my digital ID there, except none of them will accept that because they don't understand what this is and they want to see a physical ID. So now I've lost the use of this, this uh, basically everywhere across the state. Um, Last time I flew, uh, a few months ago, I um, uh, I decided I'm flying out of Denver International Airport. 
let's use the digital ID. And I get to, to the TSA checkpoint and the guy's like, nope. And, and I said, but this is one of the handful of airports in the United States that accepts this. And he says, we do not accept digital IDs, period. And uh, so I had to put my phone away and pull out my physical ID and show him that. And, and I asked him, I'm like, so what am I misunderstanding? Because, because TSA lists the airports that accept this and Denver is one of those. And he's like, we do not accept digital ID period. Like, okay, whatever. So there, in addition to the government side of this problem, there's the whole side of everyone that's supposed to be able to accept the ID, not doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, I I expect that adoption of digital IDs is going to be an insanely slow thing. And this this idea that we won't have to carry that physical ID around anymore. Ten years from now, we're still carrying that physical ID around. And we'll still be complaining that we have digital IDs that we just can't really use anywhere. Yep. Did you have thoughts, Ben? Uh, Where do I begin? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, this is a, how, let's see, how am I supposed to word this? It's a combination of practical matters and partisan priorities. Okay. Honestly, I'm not seeing the, the governments do a whole lot of governing and doing a whole lot of positioning instead. Yeah. Uh, this some is something that probably should be on the top of the list, but for various reasons, it's not. Yeah. Well, it's not happening in Illinois where I live. And you know, yeah, I mean, there hasn't even been any discussion about it. So, and literally, I covered, uh, the test pilot of uh, digital ideas in Iowa 10 years ago for GeekBeat. I remember when that was a thing and I thought that was really yeah. cool. Yep. So we'll see where it goes. It's just unfortunate you know, in this day and age with digital uh, technologies that we can't have a simple thing like a driver's license in our digital wallet and be able to have that as an acceptable means of identification. But Dave, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Two, yes. two things. First of all, I want to know, did right after Jeff questioned the TSA agent and he said, we don't accept, then did they shuffle you off for a cavity search? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like the and photos? No. no. <laughs> the fact that there could be photos is disturbing. But, but yeah. the, the other thing, and, and I'm not being flip about this. A few years ago, we had a little thing called the pandemic and we couldn't get the states to agree on an, a single app to help us out with that. Mm-hmm. Everybody right. had an agenda. So why do you think they would, you know, for no something difference. as simple as ID where I can hear it now, well, we've got a perfectly good system right now. We have a driver's license, you know, that, that that's all. So I, I, I wish Jeff's predictions were wrong or Ben's predictions were wrong, but I don't think they are. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, go ahead and move on. I wanted to talk a little bit about some news with CarPlay. Uh, 
there has been some iPhone 15 users that have not been able to connect with their, their, their um, USB-C cable since that, of course, changed on the, on the 15 uh, because of uh, possibilities with the issues of the, uh, the actual cable in itself. A number of people in this article have actually reported back saying that they had the same problems with the different cables and using good cables like Belkin and others uh, that, you know, they're, you're not buying these uh, these cheap cables and some, this is, I emphasize some iPhone 15 users were having a problem with it. Um, luckily, I have one of the, one of the, the Wi-Fi devices in, in my car that uh, uh, that works pretty well. I mean, it, 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 it can be spotty at times uh, and I've, I've reviewed it before. Um, but it, uh, it, um, it, it, it is nice to have the wireless capability. Mm -hmm. I'm currently renting a car right now and, uh, and it was beautiful that the wireless is built into the car. So as I was able to just go right in and of course this car has a nice big display on it. And, uh, and, uh, so, but, so just be aware of, of the, 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 the issues that are happening with the USB C cable because a lot of cars are older. They have USB A connections. Um, technologies might be conflicting here, uh, and uh, it's it's definitely going to be something uh, that uh, that needs to be looked at uh, if that's the case. And you'd hope these car manufacturers should do something. Uh, did you have something to add on that, Ben? Um, yeah, I honestly connecting to CarPlay using any kind of cable has been always iffy at best. That's why I mean, got the why the Wi-Fi adapter. Yeah, so yeah, because I mean, I have problems connecting to it with supposedly MFI lightning yeah, cert cables, certified cables, right? Yeah. So, uh, I'm I, again. These are sporadic reports. It's not everybody who has an iPhone 15 is having this issue, but uh, it, it is unfortunate it's happening. But uh, it's notable as far as those couple of issues of car plays. Do you guys have anything else you wanted to add on that? Just that it, it seems interesting that we have that we're having this discussion because unfortunately my, or fortunately my experience has not been Ben's I've plugged in and had solid connections every time with, with no trouble. I've had trouble with the Wi-Fi adapters, Dave. I've tried several of them. No. And, yeah. And there, there's, there's, there, there's a, a, there are troubles. Yeah, there, there's a challenge. But the other thing, though, I think is interesting is we're having this discussion in relation to the iPhone 15 when there's that issue of certain charging pads in some of the higher end vehicles um, right. ca causing trouble. And so, you know, I have to start. What's the common factor here? Well, the common factor is the iPhone 15, but also mm -hmm. the cars. So cars is, are dated. Yeah. Which which one is it? Is is it? Is it the is it the CarPlay unit or the CarPlay or the software in the head unit that you're connecting to, or is it the iPhone itself? <laughs> yeah, uh, it could be all of the above. If you were yeah, going to place a bet, where would you bet, though? Yeah, I'd know. put it in I'd, the head I'd, unit, I'd, most likely. Yeah, yeah, the I'd car. I'd say the car. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, um, a couple of things I wanted to mention. Uh, this was interesting. There is a project that brings CarPlay to Tesla. Uh, it gets a major boost with improved, improved performance in the, on the hardware bundle. I mean, of course, while Tesla, as we well know, that they have refused to adopt CarPlay over the years, there's a thriving community of Tesla owners that have been taking the matters in their own hands by leading a project called uh, Tesla Android, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is an open source operations, operating system that brings CarPlay to a slew, and a slew of other features to Tesla cars. 
Uh, this was, uh, this, I found this to be an interesting thing to see if this is a possibility. It's still, to me, this is a little bit over the overreach. It's, you, you know, you got, uh, you, you, you're, you're really trying to use technology. It really wasn't designed for it. Hard to say if it's going to be efficient or not. And, and, and I think these are going to be more for enthusiasts than anything else to try to, to, to get this adopted. Um, so I just wanted to mention that, that is that somebody's trying, but you know, we know how Elon is with Tesla. So, uh, that I don't see this being something that's going to be a thing anytime soon. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? All right. Uh, well, lastly, why I wanted we to talk. Even care at this point, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> lastly, I want to talk. I mean, I, I always like talking about CarPlay apps that are available from the iPhone. Uh, again, I'm, like I said, I've been renting a car here, and, and it's interesting to see um, how um, how it. I got to have a good different experience of how it interfaces, since you know it's a di- different experience in this car. Um, Manufacturer has its own button that you actually can tap that, that puts it into uh, the the CarPlay uh, menu, and you just tap it, and it brings you into their menuing system that's in the car. So it it does it is kind of cool that that, that the uh, to see the manufacturers are doing a good job of uh, interfacing with this. So so we know most of the apps that are available: your phone, of course, and maps and music, all that stuff, and then a lot of a lot of audio books and reading. You know, uh, Chuck, you 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 just recommended the. Uh, Elon Musk, uh, Elon Musk's uh, 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 book, and so Audible's on there, and then many of the other books in Libby, which is the the library system, and so you have a lot of those. And then, of course, you know, all of us are doing meetings in in our, in our car, right? <laughs> so you've got <laughs> Microsoft Teams, as we all love, and then Zoom, among others, and then even WebEx has their apps that are readily available in the car, so you can do that. If you have an EV, you have a lot of apps there that that, that can uh, for charging and parking. Spot Hero is very popular with that. Interestingly enough, there's three food apps total: Domino's Pizza, Dunkin', and Panera Bread that that have apps that you can order your food right on on your car place. Should you be really doing that? I think that's a little taking no. away your attention to, that, to the road. That's what your passenger is for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Of course, there's a slew of music music apps that are out there, uh, including VLC, which I find to be interesting. You can use VLC as a as a as the app that's already on the iPhone uh, that you can uh, play music uh, doing that. And then, number of navigation apps, a whole long list of those. Um, uh, so it's uh, interesting to see uh, the, some of those apps, uh, including the popular ones like Google Maps, Waze, and of course Apple Maps is already built into it. Even uh, Porsche has its own navigation system if you happen to own a Porsche. Um, the news apps and sports, uh, all, all the big ones and all the sports are, are there. Uh, Odyssey and CBS uh, are, are very popular, being able to listen to stations around the country uh, using that, as well as all the major sports uh, as well. And then, of course, podcasts. There's a lot, a good, good long list of podcast apps, including, uh, I use pocket casts all the time on, uh, on, on CarPlay. I find it to be, uh, uh, really well, uh, really well written and, uh, works really well uh, on there. Um, so it's good to see some of these things. Do you guys use any of these apps on your CarPlay for those who do have CarPlay? Yeah. Yeah. So overcast for me. See, stuff like this makes me want to just hop onto the Crutchfield website and order a car head for my Prius. <laughs> yeah, do it, Jeff. You're, you're missing out, Jeff. You, want, you are missing out. Yeah, you want, you every want time I'm in a car that has CarPlay, 
I'm like, I really yeah. need to get this. And, but yes, I also do. know what's going to be involved in me installing it. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will do it. One of these days. I have the tools, just Jeff. Do it. Come on over. <laughs> you know, that's very tempting, actually. <laughs> I want I want a video of that. I, I want to see this in action. <laughs> I think we're going to have to do a podcast episode just uh, yeah, about that alone. <laughs> I want to play by play on this one. <laughs> oh, you, you have no idea what it took to get uh, CarPlay into my Hyundai. Oh, I it's, I, I've watched videos on installing CarPlay in uh, in my Prius, and I mean, if so, if anyone wants to see what's involved, 2013 Prius, um, and. Uh, it's like you're disassembling the entire inside of your car. And Pretty much. Uh, yeah. And, uh, well, I'm sorry, Dave. Jeff, though, you know, this seems to be a, a trend with so many of the of the auto manufacturers that if you're going to put a third party head unit in of any kind, it's uh, you need to go to somebody that does it professionally because they have the tools yeah. and the experience. And by the way, the insurance. Um, mm-hmm. to, to actually do yeah. it. Frying your electrical system. Well, frying yeah. the electrical system or, you know, uh, co- hooking something up completely incorrectly that breaks something else. Um, right. It's it's not for the faint of heart. It's not like it used to be by any means. No, it's yeah. not. And and while people can say, well, they're, they're just going to screw me over by making it more difficult. Well, yeah, but also no, no awesome. because these head units that we have in cars now – they're part of of a car wide computer system. Yeah. So it's not just I want a new radio. It's I'm replacing one of the core computers in my car, and it's the and it's a computer that that lets me interface with core functionality of my vehicle. So I mean, it's it's a thing. It's a process. Yeah. So don't go to Joe's car stereo. You know that just opened oh. up two weeks ago. Right, unless Joe was the the primo guy from the other place that did the best yeah. work, and he yes. just left because you know screw those guys. Yeah, exactly. There, you're also you know, another thing you're starting to see too is you're seeing a lot more of the manufacturers that make these third party external devices that you don't even have to mess with your head unit. Yeah, it's got the screen you can mount uh, uh, on your dash uh, and hook them up through the system that way with the, with your existing connections. I don't know how, how great those are and how, what kind of great experience they are. Uh, of course, your vehicle has to have, you know, the, the external audio connections and, and, and electrical to get them to work. Um, I really haven't paid much attention to those other than seeing people selling them. And, uh, but nothing beats to have actual head unit that's dedicated to, to what the CarPlay can do for you. You have to wonder, I mean, the ODB sports came into fashion and I have to wonder if if there's is there a compelling reason not to put something like that in for connecting an external or a secondary audio visual device? Just yeah. I, I mean, um, I'm not going to buy as much as I might like to. I'm not going to buy a new car just to get a new a new head unit, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same yeah. time, it's it's mm-hmm. a factor. It's a factor if I'm shopping. Yeah. And that, Chuck, um, well, it, it pretty much comes down to the same reason GM is getting rid of CarPlay. The car makers want complete control over that vehicle. If you're going to have CarPlay, it's going to be on their terms. And once you get 
uh, passed about 2010 or so. If your vehicle doesn't already have CarPlay, it's going to be very difficult to add it. Yep. They're probably locking out. Who knows what GM's going to do with the newer cars that you even do with a third-party head unit. So, all right. One. One last thing I wanted to talk about real quick here is this, this, I found this interesting because it's so, it is so ridiculous is the fact that uh, the, this is article uh, in tech hive. I'd love that. I uh, love the title here for the love of all that's holy. No more um, micro USB ports on media streamers. <laughs> it's Amazon and, and Roku. Both are stuck in the past when it comes to this it is the most crazy thing in the world. What the micro USB is a 13 year old technology. And, and why are they continuing to use when USB-C is so much better, so much faster? Uh, and, you know, 2023, we're, we're, we're in 2023 now, folks. And um, this is uh, something I don't understand. I mean, even even Apple has switched. So, I mean, what, why is this? So you got Amazon with the Fire Stick and you got Roku with their Roku devices. Are all you still using micro USB to connecting your device to external accessories and Ethernet cables and storage drives and wireless controllers and I mean, it's just, it, it doesn't make any absolute sense. Do you, do you, you have any thoughts on this, uh, Jeff, why this is? I can tell you exactly why. It's there a couple of Yeah. Sense as in C E N T S. Yeah. yeah. Um, the cost of micro USB because it's, because it's such an old technology at this point, relatively speaking, right. the, the components are, practically a rounding error in the cost of the product. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and switching to USB-C is, uh, is compared to what they're paying now, a significant increase in the, the bill of materials. Mm-hmm. So it, th- this is all about, about money. That's it. No, it, it just, they need to do something, <laughs> get, get over it. Maybe add a few extra dollars in USB-C's, been around for a while now and uh we just, just got to do something you guys have any other thoughts on this there's absolutely nothing i can add <laughs> okay <laughs> oh, i take I that as high praise ben yeah. and the okay. only thing i would add is jeff is right it's sense but it's also momentum yeah it's getting they want to get as many of these devices in people's hands as they can and keeping the cost, the cost down people don't say they don't want to spend the money on apple tv because it's a higher priced device it's a much better quality device and all i think mm-hmm. all of our opinions here uh but there's there's plenty of people out there who just want a simple device that doesn't cost them 30 or 30 bucks so 40 bucks whatever it is to, to at least to get your streaming um since a lot of cord cutting is happening these days with the they have way the way the cable companies are as these days but um yeah, I agree. It's they want to keep the cost up. I don't know. So, somebody enlighten me. Um, but if you're talking about a, like a Fire Stick mm-hmm. to make yes. it USB C, then that means it would have to have a USB C port in the TV to plug into. No, it's it's the other end of it that yeah, would get for the charging or for charging. Oh, the so, charging yeah, part. Oh, it's HDMI. Or, yeah, or it's always going to have HDMI. That's yeah. right. It's, it's, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. It plugs into the yeah, HDMI. The, pardon me. You're right. The you're power right. the power cord is what it is and. and we all know how much of a pain in the butt it is to get a micro S, micro USB cable connector in these devices. And if you do it, you only can do it in one direction. And, and yeah, it, it takes seven know, tries yeah. and seven mm-hmm. tries to line it right up. And yeah, crazy stuff here. So a uh, good way to wrap this up for this week. Thank you all for, for being here and hope we uh, had a good time. We did because it was a lot of fun here doing this show. 
Uh, so that's a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, which is feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can follow us on Mastodon, which is at intouchwithios at techhangout.social. Uh, support the show by buying me a coffee at intouchwithios.com slash coffee. We'd really appreciate it. You can become a patron of the show by uh, going to patreon.com slash intouchwithios. We have two tiers available to support the show. We would really appreciate it. Make sure you sh- you like, share, and subscribe and so you're notified when we are live streaming. Usually it's on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, but uh, today we recorded on Friday afternoon. Uh, but this is on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash iOS, where you can uh, watch the live and uh, uh, the past live streams, uh, as well as you can listen to past shows. Visit In Touch, Touch With iOS magazine on Flipboard for many of the articles that we discuss are flipped into the magazine. The link is in our show notes. Please, you can also subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher, which includes Pocket Cast, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, many others. But better yet, just go to our website at InTouchWithIOS.com, where all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there. I am Dave Ginsberg, and you can find me on Mastodon at DaveG65 at Mastodon.cloud. Chuck, Joyner, thank you, as always, for being here. Where can people find you? Hey, Dave, thank you for having me. It was uh, it was definitely the highlight of my afternoon because there was a low light earlier. Uh, you can find me at, you can find me at macvoices.com. That's where we talk to all kinds of people about uh, all kinds of things. There's some great, very super useful interviews coming up next week. Um, and I'm going to leave it there. But so trust me, you want to check it out. Uh, YouTube.com YouTube slash TV is where we do the live show every Tuesday nights with all three of these gentlemen and more of our friends at, uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time it is, wherever you are. We'd love to have you join us uh, in the chat room and discuss things and throw insults and all kind of other things at us. Um, I don't know what Dave's doing. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> And on all the socials, you can find me as at Chuck Joyner. I think he was giving me a thumbs up on Mac Voices TV. Good. I was. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Chuck. Uh, ben Rathick, thank you for being here as always. So where can people find you? Well, Dave, you can find me at Ben Rathick on your social media of choice. Uh, tech for my website. On Tuesdays, you can find me on Mac Voices with that Chuck Joyner guy. I don't know. You might, you might have heard of them on Tuesday and or Tuesday, Thursday and Fridays. You can find me on the Mac, uh, on the Mac tech, on the British tech network with, with Jeff Gamet. And every Thursday night, you can find me here on in touch with iOS, except for those days we do it on Friday. Thank you, Ben. Last but certainly not least, Jeff Gammon, thank you as always for being here. Where can people find you? Uh, how about on social media? Jay Gamut on everything, but I'm active right now mostly on Mastodon and Instagram. All right, then uh, shows. Most Tuesdays on Chuck's Mac Voices Live. Then most Thursdays on Dave, your show in touch with iOS, except here we are on Friday. I feel like I'm channeling my inner Ben. Then... Uh, <laughs> Thursdays for the big show on the British Tech Network, then Fridays for the Mac show on British Tech Network as well. And then Brian Chaffin and I record the Context Machine, and this week's episode is already out. Excellent. Thank you so much, Jeff, and thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show because we enjoyed doing it, and I'll t- we'll talk again soon.